0: moment you've all been waiting for, Brandon Owens, Caleb Williams, and Eric Jeter, present Cocky Nation, Episode 8. Welcome back to Cocky Nation. After a awful loss, heartbreaking loss to Austin P, we are back with Caleb Williams. Hello. He's been sick. He's still sick. I'm getting sick. So, we're all just getting sick after this past I'm weekend. I'm doing it. great. <laughs> Actually, I'm no, not. I think I am also getting sick.
1: Now that I think about it.
0: I think
2: the band plague
0: is, is officially started. Uh, well, when you have four performances in one day, that kind of does it to you, so. Dang. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> a tough. We think... did it, though. It was all very, right. very tough. All right, so first on our episode, review. What episode is this? Real quick. Is this this is episode nine. No way. Eight, eight. I was like episode what? eight. Eight. Yeah, um, we're 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 in this for the long haul now. Let's go. All right, Austin P game. So, I think I'm the only one that like went back and watched the game. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance was, to watch it. That the first three quarters were absolutely just awful. Yeah, they were I mean, this. Austin P got up forty five to seven at one point, and and that was that was in the third quarter. And then we started scoring, and then Austin P scored again, made it fifty-two to fourteen, and then we had an amazing fourth quarter. It was just it—it it was almost like rewatching the Sela game. That's so tough, it, but it was very similar. It was uh, very similar. We we lost by nineteen, which is good, but.
1: How much did we lose by uh,
0: Tosila?
2: 21.
0: Potato, potato. I mean, it was a good game uh, in the fourth quarter, but the rest of the game, it everybody was not there. Uh, their mindset just was not at the game. Um, I mean, Saturday was a hot day for the South. Yeah. So I don't know if that played an effect to it. Um, definitely losing Trey Berry played in effect uh, Josh Pearson went out in the fourth quarter um, actually I think he went out earlier and then he came back for the fourth quarter and then was pulled in the fourth quarter Pearson yeah and then Marlon Bridges was was out for a good majority of the game due to injury yeah Um. I mean the injury bug hit us hard yeah speaking of do we know anything about Trey Berry We do not. Um, After seeing the press conference with John Gross yesterday, um, he did say that he was getting an MRI done yesterday. Um, But there has been no information released about Trey Berry so far. Um, Pearson is good to go for this weekend. Marlon Bridges is good to go for this weekend. Everybody else that had injuries on Saturday is from what I understand, good to go for this weekend.
1: We're going to miss Trey Berry, though.
0: We are going to miss Trey Uh, Berry.
1: I'm trying to find, since I didn't watch the game, I'm looking at the box score to try to draw parallels from Austin Peay to Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, What's jumping out at me right now, I'm looking at,
0: you Okay. I need to sneeze, and it's not happening, and I'm trying to warn y'all, and every time I do try to warn y'all, it just goes away, and I'm just like, can you please just not? I need to <laughs> yeah. sneeze. We're going to fight through it. Okay, I'm looking at
1: Zarek's stats. Um, because an obvious similarity is interceptions, right? Through two interceptions against Ceele, both of those resulted in touchdowns, that's 14 points gone, right? He threw three interceptions at Austin P, And I think all three of those resulted in touchdowns for Selah. That's 21 points given away. I might be wrong, but I think all three of those ended up in touchdowns. That's 21 points given away. That's the difference in the game. We lost by what, 20?
0: 19. 19? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's, that's the difference in the game. Um, the other similarities here in the stats is that our longest uh, reception against Austin P was 31 yards and at Seelah was 33 yards, both of which are significantly lower than our longest reception at any of our other games, which have all been wins, which might lead me to believe that um, we had some struggles with maybe the offensive line and we had to go back to run all those bubble screens instead of actually
0: throwing the ball deep. Do you think was that the case from what you saw? Zarek Cooper definitely tried to throw a lot of deep balls. It, I saw a lot of the same mistakes from the receivers that I saw in both the Eastern Washington game and the Chattanooga game, where it, would, it went into their hands and it went out, or it went right through their hands. Uh, with how good our wide receiver core is, that should not happen at all. I mean, granted, again, weather might have played a role into it, but you've got to battle through that. Yeah. And I'll even pull up last week for the Southerners. If we can battle through the heat all week and then perform four times in a row in one day in the heat, then definitely our football team can battle through the heat. Weather is, is such a... It's kind of a strange excuse to me.
1: Because... There's ways to prepare. There's It's not as if you don't know what the weather's going to be. Right. I understand it's tough if you're not, like, you know... It's tough to simulate a hot environment when you normally are in a cold environment. But, I don't know. I feel like there's more ways to prepare than people like to think.
0: Um, I'm trying to find... I mean, bottom line, to me, we just did not play Gamecock football.
1: We had, let me make sure this is the right game. Uh, Because sometimes I'll be looking at games and it's the wrong year. This was the right game. Okay. Uh, We had more first downs. Um, They blew us out of the water in rushing yards. They had 246 rushing yards. We had 62 rushing yards. But that's not strange for us. They had about twice as, more than twice as many rushing attempts as we did. Um, we had more passing yards, but that's also not strange for us. Three hundred one passing yards to their two hundred twenty. Um, if you're doing the math, they had about a hundred yards more of offense than we did.
2: Uh, one
0: hundred
1: yeah.
0: and three. I yeah. Mean, we ran more plays on offense. I mean. That's good and bad. Um, That's actually a little surprising after watching the game um, because our defense was on the field a lot during the game.
1: We we ran 76 offensive plays. They ran 71. Um, We had one fumble. Lost lost that fumble.
0: They had one fumble but recovered.
1: Nothing else. Which
0: I need to say something about that fumble. So it was in the second half, and uh, I can't remember who had the ball, but as he as our player was hit, he lost the ball and gained control over it. No, no, no. I'm thinking of, the, of a of a different one, but or a different scenario. But that fumble, yeah, I mean, you just got to do better on recovering it. Yeah. Now, I will say this of what I was thinking of. Um, Austin P tried to do a onside kick and recovered. But our team recovered it, and it went through his leg, and he actually reached around his leg, got the ball, and held on to it. So we recovered yeah, the, We recovered. Re, We recovered it. But Austin P came out of the pile with it. Oh. But on the replay, you can obviously see that he grabbed the ball, hugged on to it, held on to it. And so then it the pile. It should have been our ball. Yeah, that's annoying.
1: Um, other than that, I'm looking at the miscellaneous section of the... Uh, the team stats. We had about five minutes less of possession time, despite mm-hmm. the fact of having more offensive plays. Um, our third down conversions, fairly similar. JSU to Austin P. Um, fourth down conversions, three of three. That's nice. We're getting a
0: lot better on fourth down yeah. conversions. And
1: red zone, scores versus chances. We were five for five. So red zone efficiencies What was theirs? Six six. <laughs> So they had six chances. They converted six times. Um, we both had one sack, so maybe the offensive line wasn't the issue, since we only have one sack. But, you know, that's still a sack. We made three four and a half after touchdowns. Nothing else from the stats is really jumping out at me, except
0: interceptions. Uh, penalty yards, we only had five for 57. They had that's four, right They had 14 for 141. It's just... And we just could not convert, like... I don't know where our team was, but we could not convert anything in the first half. I
1: I don't know. I'm I'm never one to to blame results on a single person, whether positive or negative. You know, it's a team sport. There's a lot of people on the roster, there's a lot of people that play. But it seems like when Zarek throws more interceptions, like more than one interception, we lose. Um his passing percentage is whatever, that is not according to the stats, that doesn't relate to wins or losses for us. Um but he threw two interceptions against Cela, and I don't know, maybe he's a confidence player. You know? A lot of people are confidence players. When they're when they're hot and they got confidence, they're they're killing it. But when they're cold, they they lose trust in themselves. Maybe he loses trust in his offensive line, maybe they get frustrated. I don't know. But three interceptions gifting them, I think gifting them 21 points is hard to come back from. And I think they were all early, were they not? When did he throw those interceptions? I mean, it was within the first three quarters. I know he threw one pretty early. Like, really mm-hmm. early.
0: He definitely Which didn't, had, oh, didn't that also
1: happen at Seelit? He threw a really early early interceptions? Yeah, yeah, within the first two It was minutes. like It
0: was like the third play. Now, I will say that while Zarek's um stats look pretty even when you throw in the interceptions. Uh Austin Peay's quarterback was on fire this oh, game. Yeah. Fifteen for twenty one fifteen for twenty one for two hundred twenty yards, two touchdowns. Uh their running back, Kentel Williams, which he's oh my God, he is such an awesome um we are uh, it, he's just awesome. Yeah, they had twenty-four how many carries. Twenty. Well, Kentel probably had a good majority. Had a majority of them, but yeah, he had it. He had well over half. He had twenty-four carries for one hundred seventy-three yards, averaged um, seven point two yards per get, per carry. That's nice. And uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's nice.
1: Those are nice stats.
0: Now, Josh Pearson had. Um, a pretty good game. Eight receptions for 130 yards, um, two touchdowns, and an average completion of 16.3 yards. Didn't he pass like the JSU? He did. He passed touchdown. the tu- he passed the touchdown record. Do you remember what the numbers were? Um, like how
1: much? It was like twenty.
0: Twenty. Uh, the record held was twenty three. Twenty three. So you got 24. he got twenty four. He got twenty four. Good for him.
1: Love that guy. And he was, he got, um, he's an all-around good guy, Josh Pearson. What was the thing he was selected for? I can't remember the name, but the good works
0: thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. What's it called? Uh, The All-State team. Yeah, whatever it is. We're like... Good Hands team. Good Hands, sure, maybe. I think that's what it's called. We're
1: like, it's, I guess, community service-related things for football players. I don't know. Good for him, though. I don't I don't really know what else to say about this game. It was a bad loss. Oh, here's one. So, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that at this point in the season we would be three and two, have two losses, uh, I would not have attributed those losses to Sela and Austin
0: P. Where would you have attributed those losses to if you knew we had two losses? Eastern Washington and Seamount At this point in the season, if we were undefeated. And we were what gonna are gonna you have, No, no. Right. I now, misunderstood your question. At this point in the season, yes. we're three and two. Right. If you would have told
1: if I would have told you at the beginning of the season we were three and two on October 1st, where do you think those two losses would have been? Eastern Washington. Yeah. And Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Okay. Eastern Washington and either Chattanooga or UNA. I think is a pretty Do you think everyone would agree on that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I personally say Chattanooga, but Yeah.
1: Yet it's Seelah and Austin P. Another commonality between those two things. Those are both away games. Now, do I think that's the reason? No. What I think the reason is that Cocktipus was at neither of those games. Am I wrong? Was octopus at the Seelah game? No.
0: No, he was not.
1: Was he at the Eastern Washington game? Yes. Yes. Was he at the Austin P game?
0: Maybe you need to start giving cocktopus to one of the football players. <laughs> yeah, give them to a football player.
2: No, I. I uh, we should. Oh, well, we well we He's alive. alive. We should. <laughs> <laughs> As the person who created the Facebook page that is dedicated to cocktopus, you I,
1: take so much credit for this just because you created a Facebook I, I, page. I, I've designed
2: all of our social media pages, and then I let YouTube. All run of and our then I, social media, and videos? then I let both of you run the content. But anyway.
1: On, on what? I, I don't run Facebook the Cocktipus
2: page. On, face, on Facebook. What
1: what do, what content do I run?
2: You, you So you own Coctopus. And so I'm by okay. and large, you have the most content. On I the am
1: the owner of Cocktipus. I am the creator of Cocktipus. I am the father of Cocktipus. And I am the reason
2: that it is Dubs online. went on
1: Facebook and created a page by his own volition, not asked by me. No, no, no. And I, s- I, I spoke to you and I was like, hey,
2: wouldn't it be cool if we created a Facebook page? Just dedicated to the to this man to this thing's travels, you said, "Let's do it." I proceeded,
1: and to, now you want to take credit. Takes
2: time out of my life to design a Facebook page for design you. Design a Facebook page.
1: Anyway, design. We can Facebook edit it all that because none of that's. I, I should. There's no, so much graphic design involved in. None of that's none of that's none of that's <laughs> pertinent to the conversation. Page. I just
2: need to get point out. Yes, down. it is. But anyway, it's important
0: stuff. I have a theory. Yes. If Cocktopus is the reason we win, well, number one, he should go to the rest of the away games. Number two, Southerners always takes a pet band to away playoff games. Yeah. So, do you think possibly we could? Well, I, I split just split up? I just, I just want to point the games because we'll mo- if we end up playing in the first round, we're probably going to host. Yeah. So that's just, not an issue. I just want to point
2: out that the fact that for all of Coctopus's successes, he has brought us many a win. <laughs> yes, he has brought us many a win. He has also been on site for, for some bad losses. Like what? Like Kennesaw State. Okay, like, that's not a bad okay. loss. And Maine. That's a bad loss. I. And he was also. Coctopus was also there for Murray State.
1: Octopus can only control so loss. much. Okay. Kennesaw State and Murray State, we largely blame on the officiating. Am I correct?
2: Yes. Contipus I, I agree. has I agree nothing to that. do with well, I would officiate I, I would blame officiating and the inability to bring down a a less a not that fast quarterback that's overhyped because he ran the triple option. The like inability about, to tackle him on fourth and last. Like, you're talking about Kennesaw State out of these. Yes. Two the inability to tackle Chandler Chandler Burks. On like a fourth and twenty one play where he scrambles and gets a first down in overtime, Well, we win if we if we tackle him, the game is over if we tackle him. Or if we he proceeds a to fumble, pick, he proceeds to pick up a first down, and and then they score a touchdown.
1: I blame and it on if the fumble
2: a and the fumble
1: uh, was the fault of officiating, which cocktopus I believe has no control over. And I, I, I blame officiating for Kennesaw State and Murray State and Maine. We attribute to the weather. None of those three things are variables that are controlled by Cocktopless. So do we blame
2: Austin P because he wasn't there for the weather? weather, Because he wasn't there. Okay, so the weather in Tennessee was no worse or better. It was... Then why would we blame the weather? What are you saying? I guess, but are we going to say that they lost... Oh, because it was hot and humid? What do you mean? It's hot and humid here. They're used to it. Yeah, they won. No, it's because of Cocktopless. Okay. That's exactly what it, I don't know what you're trying to say to me. I'm, I'm trying to say that like, like the rubber chicken, like like JSU, I don't think it has anything to do with the weather or the octopus. I think how dare you? I think first of all, how dare you? I think we also need to remember that the the games he's been on site for that have lost, have, none of them have been at home. Is is it really like? And, it, and it's been the last two years too. So we lose at SEMO.
1: Yeah.
2: In Atlanta against Kennesaw, at Maine at Cela, at Austin P, and in Evansville against Murray State. is And I know that basketball is like a different conversation. Yeah, this is a but different conversation. Like it's, it's like it's a it's, – it's not – we will be touching on It's not an exception soon. anymore. I, to me, it is a disturbing trend that JSU does not travel well. They don't travel. I do well. agree with that. They, we do, they don't are travel. Horrible, even the
0: wins that we have had since I've been here – Have been yeah, like depending on how bad the team is. If the team is really bad, then it's a blowout win. But if they have any kind of like fight to beat JSU on their home turf, and we're away, I mean, it's we might have still won, but it was a close game. Okay, against teams we should have
2: blown out. Okay, and now I do. I have the um. I have the game-by-game the game stats for the last two years Pull up. So JSU this year at Selah, at let's look at the opponent's stats, gave up 146 rushing yards, 238 pa- uh, passing yards. And now Selah runs a pro-style offense, so I'm not expecting them to just pile up the numbers like, like a Baylor or, a, or an Oregon or a TCU. I'm not expecting that. And then at Austin P 50 carries. For two hundred forty-six yards, five touchdowns, fifteen just fifteen passes for two hundred twenty yards. They completed fifteen of those. Fifteen like like do the math. That's over. That's around fifteen yards per reception. So they're not getting beat by short passes. They're getting beat by down the field throws. At home, they've given up one hundred fifty-six yards against Chattanooga on the, on the ground, one hundred seventy-five against Eastern Washington, ninety-five against North Alabama, but. They've also gotten gashed in two of those three games through the air, including Eastern Washington, where they gave up five touchdowns. It's, it's a disturbing trend that on the road, and you look at the, and this is really hard, it's the rushing efficiency, they give up like five yards or more to carry on the road. They generally give up four or less at home. Eastern Washington, 44 carries, just 175 yards. North Alabama, 27 carries, just 95 yards. So if you do the math, they're giving up like less than four yards per carry. On the road, the defense doesn't travel. And this team, which has been the bane of their existence the last two years, and this is nothing against Zarek, but I think it has to do with him indirectly. When you have a quarterback who, as your leading rusher, averages 3.6 yards per carry in a game, that's why the running game doesn't succeed. Because John Gross has decided that he is having a a mid-career crisis. Some might argue a late-career crisis. (laughs) Yeah, no, some might argue his career (laughs) is going to be over in the next few years if he doesn't get it together. Um, But the reason they can't run the football is because teams can sell out. They can put seven in the box and force JSU to beat them through the air. Now, that's not a great formula defensively because more often than not, when your receivers names are Josh Pearson and Jamari Hester, we're going to beat you to the you, air. You can beat you to the air because they both are athletic yeah. and height. But, and I was talking about him to this to this. I was talking to um, to Brandon earlier before we started recording. The reason, and I, I consider the the greatest offense in college football history, is largely considered the 2014 Baylor Bears. Um, and the reason being, is because Baylor was averaging over 600 yards of offense and running up and down the field against Big 12, against Power 5 opponents. And why they did that is because they had a quarterback that could run in Bryce Petty. He was a very good runner. He just didn't because of the system. But he would average five or six yards a carry. And they had receivers that were speedy. And they had multiple running backs that if they needed to, could go for 100 yards. JSU has none of the above. They have they have, they have good receivers they have, they have great receivers, may I say. They don't have a running quarterback, and they don't have, in my opinion, multiple running backs that can dominate a game if they have to. We don't have one running back that can dominate a game. They don't have one running back can dominate the game. So there's no running game. We've put so little emphasis on the running game. And, and as someone who is big into, you know, not just offensive style, but the formations, that, like I'm big into analyzing offensive systems. That's something that I've loved doing. When I look at the JSU system, and I've said it before, they don't have an identity. This is an offense that I can't decide if it's a spread or a multiple or a smash mouth. I would argue that's by design. Like I can't, I can't. Well, no, because in the past, like, like, like when Eli was the quarterback, well, you knew Eli what, is an exception. Yeah, but me. you knew what the offense was. Yeah, that's because you could rely on. It. it was a power spread that ran it down your throat. And they were going to run it, to it until you could stop them. And when, they, and when you came up, they were going to play action with a deep shot. And they were going to keep you honest a little bit with the outside run game to force the corners out. This offense does not have that identity. I like, think Goss
1: likes to think that he's keeping defenses on their toes by not broadcasting a particular system or even...
2: Yeah, but, but I think, do you think he's gone too far? 'Cause not not even I'm not
1: saying I think it's a good idea, but I think that's what he thinks he's doing is keeping defenses on their toes by not broadcasting a, a particular system. And like even this is like the past three years. All the three years I've been here. Well even with
2: Brian Horn, even like, with Brian Horn, we like we could run the football. We
1: could run, but we'd also rotate quarterbacks. We split time pretty much in half. Yeah, we... because
2: there wasn't a number one guy. Yeah. Now with their number one guy We no. could
1: have selected a number one guy, but I think Ross elected to keep a quarterback battle going the whole season. Because he thinks it's keeping defenses on their toes.
2: And for the most part it did, because we could still run the football. Yeah. Brian Horn could was a really good dual threat quarterback who wasn't a great passer. He was good enough to keep defenses honest, similar to a Nick Marshall. He was honest and he's one of our he like he had like eight yards of carry. He could run the ball really well. Zarek can. And I and as someone this offense is designed to be spread in nature. Like, when you look at the formations, you look at the general tempo. While the tempo is not what it used to be, there's a lot of standing around waiting, hoping that you've got the right defensive coverage, and then you're at five se- you are have five seconds on the play, lock- play clock, you're looking over for a, for an audible. So the tempo's not the same, but it's supposed to be spread in nature. However, when you're putting in two tight ends, or two running backs, and you're trying to run- cram it down people's throat when they've got nine in the box, expecting it to work. You gotta run into somebody. Like like a car runs into a wall. It's not gonna just yeah. pass through like a ghost. No, you're gonna stop and, and epically crash. Similar to this offense. And I've and I've told you guys before, if you can't run the football, you can't win in college football. There there's a reason that there hasn't been a champion, national champion that, that runs an air raid. Is because they don't have reliable running games. When everything else breaks down with your quarterback and he's not having a good game if you have a running like running backs that you can rely on, by and large, you can win a football game. So now we're looking at a team that has a quarterback that, for all of his, um, for all of his highlights, I mean, he has 13 touchdowns in five games, which is good, but he also has seven interceptions. So when he throws two or three interceptions a game, what do you start to rely on? You now have a quarterback that's not confident and a running game that it doesn't exist. So now you're playing the trying to pin them inside the 10 and get a defensive play. And that's just dangerous in college yeah. football. So I, I mean, I don't really know how to analyze these losses other than we don't travel and we don't run the football.
1: I mean, I think that's pretty much like it. that that's, we don't travel that's, that's, that's it. We like run, it, run it, the football, it. and when Zarek throws interceptions and we have nothing to fall back on, we lose.
2: And our defense isn't good enough for us to fall back on them yeah. right now. Like they're our not. punter's
1: really good, though. Oh no! So I've, let's I've, talk about
2: that for a second. Yeah, I actually, and I'm looking at the the cumulative stats for this year. Because
1: you're talking about pinning them down within their own ten. Yes, we're you know winning I'm punting.
2: We're winning the punting game this year. Average of 42 yards per punt. We're actually punting it less than our opponents. We have two less punts on the season, but we're but we're averaging 42 yards to our opponents' 37. So we're winning the punting game. For once, we have a good punter.
1: Yeah, he's what's his name?
2: Do you ever pulled up? I have the season stats. I want
1: to recognize the man by man. Daniel Bird, killing it.
2: Daniel Bird. Daniel Bird. Bird. No, no, that's punt returns. I was like, what? That's one of our receivers. (laughs) I was like, that can't be right. Daniel Bird's not gonna be punting. No, Jason Pierce. Jason Jason Pierce. We actually have two. We have two punters. Jason Pierce and Preston Knight.
1: Which one is the one that's been killing the game?
2: They both. They both average over forty yards per punt. Jason Pierce at forty-three, Preston at forty-one. Depth. Both are have kicked have. Have at least double. you know, They both have double-digit punts. We've had some some good punts and some good. We've pinned them down within the five. Yeah. Now I will say I the this is the past games. this is where we're losing the battle. We. We're our only good special teams is coming off of a bad offensive possession. So our kicking game this year is subpar, beyond the limits of a it's subpar season. Yeah. Um. So Cade was always pretty consistent. Cade was was a very consistent kicker. He knew what he was going to give you. Yeah. And you expected it from this year, however, we are averaging forty five yards per kickoff. I can do the math. If the ball's teed up on the thirty five and you're averaging just getting it to the goal line, you're gonna have a lot of kick returns. Yeah. Because guys don't will bring it back if it's two yards or less inside the goal line. Um, inside the end zone. Our opponents are averaging 52 yards per kickoff. Yeah,
1: kickoff is always something that's bothered me here.
2: And we've only attempted one field goal.
1: I feel like at the college level, you should be able to put the ball in the end zone.
2: No, I agree. Kickoff. I agree. Right? Like, even Cave, for all of his sometimes limited mobility and range of motion, yeah. he had a fair amount of touchbacks. Yeah. Like, like he had about 40% touchback rate, yeah. which was not bad. We did. Let me look. Let me see how many touchbacks we have this year. Kickoffs. Where are you going be? Okay, so it's not showing me touchbacks. Okay, here we go. So, all season, and keep in mind, how many games we played? Five. Five. We have three touchbacks. Oh, my lord. Between two kickers Bryant wow. Wallace and Parker Holland. I really don't
1: understand why you can't put the ball in the end zone at the college level. Maybe I'm just overestimating the kicking power of the Maybe. average individual or the average D one kicker, but I think that ball should be in the end zone.
2: No, it's not. I mean, it's not hard. It's really not that hard, and I'm actually doing the math wrong. So, if you're if you're teed up on the thirty five. And you could get forty five yards. You can get forty five yards. yards. That ball's landing, not at the it's goal line. It's not at the goal line. It's it's in between the twenty and the yeah. ten. Which is not good. Which is that's awful. If you can't reach
1: Now, JSU kicks a t- caravan
2: of pooch kicks. They're, that, they're, I also I I don't like pooch kicks. No, because you get them in because if you if it lands inside the twenty five, they're gonna fair catch every time and right. get a free seven yards. Yeah, I
1: understand it's a legitimate
2: strategy. But well, I wouldn't even argue that, because now they have this new touchback rule. Where oh, right, the new touchback. You have, you have the new yeah. fair catch rule where if you fair catch inside the twenty-five on a kickoff, it goes to the twenty-five. Yeah. Regardless of who gets it yeah. and where it was, if as long as it is inside the twenty-five, or you know beyond the twenty-five yard line, and they fair catch, it goes to the twenty-five. So if you are pooch kicking,
1: you are broadcasting either a lack of respect for your own special teams, or. Lack of respect for your own kicker.
2: No, yeah, you're you're saying that we don't believe he can get it to the get it to the end zone. Yeah, which I hate because if you get it to the end zone, it's the same as a pooch kick. Yeah. Now I understand, you know, you do that, you know, it, but here's the thing: if you pooch kick it, you run the risk of a guy not fair catching it when you expect them to, and then he, and all he needs is like seven yards. Yeah, I would love he to, to
1: eliminate <laughs> returns altogether. No, I agree
2: because touchback percentage is there's a reason kickers get paid in the NFL is yeah. because they can blast it out of the end zone. And when they don't, they generally don't have jobs. Yep. Um, now, I know that we're at the FCS level. We're not, we're not, you know, we're, at our level, if you have good pro potential, you're, you're probably winning, you're probably North Dakota State because, I mean, you're winning championships. We don't have a pro tradition. You know how many players we have in the NFL right now? Right now? Right now. I have no idea. Well, there's only two that are contributing. At a high level right now. Only two. Saran Neal, who is playing rotation minutes in Buffalo. And Tremaine Pope, who is playing special teams. Not even in the running back rotation. He's playing special teams as a return man. So, we don't have any big-time pro players. We don't. So, I get that, you know, you can expect stats to be a little lower with kickers and special teams, you know. And, you know, with your specialist, you can expect, we're not going to be great. But we're talking about guys consistently not even getting kickoffs to the 10, whether it be by design or not.
1: You know, I want to put my money where my mouth is, and I want to go out, and I want to find out how far I can kick a kickoff.
2: With a 10-yard runoff, because that's, that's, that's the general yeah. average. You, yeah. Just mark it off to the twenty five and you yeah. are
1: Yeah. That's what I want to find
2: out. If you can get it to the to the ten yard line, you're already ahead of our kickers, right? I'm now. just gonna walk on. Yeah, <laughs> you could. Well most of these guys are walk ons anyway. Yeah. Kickers don't get scholarships until yeah. like the no. third year. Pretty much every kicker wonder, in college football. Two years on. ago
1: I went out one day and I tried to kick field goals and I kicked a forty three yard field goal from the ground.
2: Yeah, I I I I kicked a forty six in high school. Yeah. Like it's not it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. I, I,
1: Why I mean, is it kicking hard? is also like,
2: it's a game of nerves.
1: Well, yeah. It's think, like taking a penalty kick in soccer. It shouldn't be hard,
2: but it but, is. Well, yeah, because all eyes are on you. Yeah. It's, it's not the same in a full offensive set when you've got 11 guys on the field. Like for us, you know, you go three wide, pull the tight end, running back, and the quarterback. Any one of those guys can get the ball at any point. So, so your, your eyes aren't just on one player. With the kicker is, it's one guy. So I can understand that. We're talking about a JSU stadium that holds twenty four thousand. That that's the max it holds twenty four thousand, and we don't get there often, if ever. If if ever, like the last time I remember it being full was the twenty fifteen play uh, playoffs. False. That's well. That's the last time I remember it being full. Liberty twenty sixteen. Yeah, but even the student section like was emptied out fairly quickly. No, it wasn't. I, I wasn't here, <laughs> so don't look at me. I fa- I fairly remember it now. Obviously, that's I'm a senior, so four years ago, I don't remember. The, I remember U and A was packed out. I remember that. that I think mean, that's the most packed out I've seen in a game I've been at. Um, between uh, you know away away fans showing up, student section being full, and home fans being there, that's the most packed well, out I remember. When,
0: when you are in
2: the OVC and your furthest
0: opponent opponents are in Missouri and in Illinois, I mean, you're not going to have a very big away traveling
2: crowd. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, like us getting to capacity is rare at its best because, like, our, our most, our closest opponents generally are North Alabama, occasionally Kennesaw State, and occasionally Chattanooga. Like, those are the closest in proximity of the people who play on a semi-regular basis. I'm not even counting conference opponents because conference opponents are nowhere near our vicinity, so we're not going to get away fans, like you said. But even with U and A, like, like we didn't, we don't pack the house against. I mean, we do, but we don't, we don't sell out twenty four thousand, and all twenty four thousand people come. And we won't until UNA A is a lot better. Well, I mean, well, even we your, be, your
0: best chance to pack out our stadium is Chattanooga and Kennesaw.
2: Well, yeah, but even even against them, like, Kennesaw. I would even say Sanford. Well, even against Kennesaw, they don't send fans. So getting back to the point, like, JSU, like, there aren't that many fans at the stadium. Yeah. So the pressure, and and for that matter, it's all your people. So the pressure shouldn't be that high. Like, it, it, it feels like, and I don't want to mean this the wrong way, but a general home game at JSU feels more like a spring scrimmage game in terms of the fan attendance. Because it's pretty much, it's like 90% JSU fans. Between Marching Southerners, students, and people in the home stands. There are not mm-hmm. enough people in the away stands that are actually supporters of the away team for it to, you know, affect them. Yeah. So is it, is it at this point, just a lack of talent? I mean... And I don't want to say that, because I have full support of everyone on our team, but is that I think that
1: kickers are more scared of uh, home fans than away fans.
2: I don't know, man. I mean, I can see it both. It, it ways. depends where you play. I can see it both ways because the JSU. Because like think, we expect think about it, man. Like, I don't know. Let's let's
1: let's tie this into music. Would you rather bomb an audition for a stranger or for Doctor Bonford?
2: Mm-hmm. Somebody you got to see the next day. You
1: know what I mean? I think. Well, well I mean, well, well no, that's unfair
2: do because Doctor Boniford knows. Like, like for me, Doctor Boniford does okay. how so like,
1: This is not a specific to your specific relationship. You know what I'm saying. Um, You got to see them the next day. You know what I mean.
2: Away fans. Who cares? Um, yeah, but then, but then yeah, but then you. But I mean, but to you know play double advocate, advocate there, you know you go. I mean, you go you know to an away place and you miss three field goals, you're gonna get support from being like oh okay dude it's fine like like you like you you will improve, but the other fans are gonna drag you through the mud over missing three field if like, if that were to happen. Yeah. But you aren't going to, I mean, you may, if it's been a repeated issue. But, like, like for us, we don't have a repeated issue with making field goals, like, because we've only attempted one all year. Yeah, we don't attempt field goals. Um, but if we did, like with Cade, we, 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 we knew that inside inside 45 yards, he was generally,
1: I don't yeah. want to say automatic,
2: but you knew that he had a solid chance to make. It. Yeah. So.
1: Um, I say we wrap up, Austin P. Discussion, and we move on to preview. Yeah,
2: because there's really not much to talk about. We just we crapped the bed in all three phases of the game. Yeah. Um,
1: we say there's not much to talk about, and we're about forty minutes in.
2: I think I think that's just the vitriol of mm-hmm. trying to figure out why we can't yeah. win, win or away game.
1: Um, so let's talk about
2: uh, T S U. Yes, and this I can actually leave this one. I have Tennessee State's game-by-game game statistics, and their cumulative All stats right. for the season. So this is a team, and this is what concerns me this week. As bad as Tennessee State is, they're 1-4, and, and their one win is week one against Mississippi Valley State. This team likes to throw the ball. They're a gun-slinging team. They average 316 yards per game. It's through the air? Through the air. They average 446 overall. They actually average more rushing yards than us. So, who have they played so far? Um, so, um, their schedule. They played Mississippi Valley State. They won 26-20. to 20. They beat Mississippi Valley State by six? Yes. <laughs> okay. They went to Middle Tennessee State. And MTSU is a solid team in the Sun Belt. Um,
0: Conference USA.
2: All right. Yeah, that is. They did. They changed. Oh, I forgot they changed. They switched from Sun Belt to Conference USA. 26-45 loss. On the road against a against a fairly talented team. FBS team, should I say? Yeah. We'll, we'll let that one slide. They didn't come home to Jackson State and lose a shootout 49-44. to They also have a home game against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Lose it 31-37. to And then they go to Eastern Kentucky and get taken to the woodshed, 42-16. So they've played a mixture of good teams and really bad teams. And, they have, and the, the stats say they're probably going to lose most games. Yeah. However. I want to just add that their only win
0: to Mississippi Valley State, Mississippi Valley State, out of all college football teams, is ranked 605.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking at Tennessee State's average. So they, they give up 38 points per game. So obviously they don't have a defense. They score 28 points a game. So they face some teams that are better defensively than they are offensively. But they run at 129 at 130 yards per game. We we run it to the tune of one hundred two yards per game. Yeah. So they outrush us on average.
1: But not by a lot.
2: But not by a lot, but that 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 doesn't bode well, as it is. Because our defense hasn't been that good. But then you look at the passing. I mean saying somebody's
1: run game is better than ours, it's not a high bar.
2: They also have a better passing game than us. They have more yards and less interceptions. But against who? Against generally not good opponents, I'll give you that. Yeah. But against Middle Tennessee State, and I'll look at the game by game. Um, they threw it for two fifty nine. They've they've gone for three hundred in all but one in all but two games. They've they've approached four hundred in two games. So they like to sling it around. And what's the one thing that we've had an issue with this year on on defense more than anything? Can't cover the passing game specifically. The intermediate and short routes, deep balls—it's fifty-fifty. Your guy versus their guy. covering deep balls pretty well. Yeah, no, I mean, it's because it's 50-50. Yeah. Either you, I you mean, know, on each side, you have a philosophy: either you get it or no one gets it. Yeah. And so, and it's the same way for offense, but for our defense, we've covered deep balls well outside of Eastern Washington, and that was really some Eric Barry aim Fubu magic that none of us first foresaw first coming. Um, this team likes to throw it around. Um, that that scares me. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think they'll be able to run the football generally because they haven't been able to all year. Um, but you never know. Our team is is liable, as we've seen, they're liable to crab the bit against any opponent, any week. They're also liable to score fifty against anyone. Yeah, it's one of the most jekyll and high team in college football right now. Yeah, I'm convinced. Um, that's really all I have. Like I'm. I'm looking at it. The stats don't bode well for us if we're just looking on on numbers alone. Yeah. And if you look at the opponents, it trends a little in our favor.
1: Yeah, I think if you drop those numbers into context of opponents, this game tilts towards us. It does. Sure.
2: Plus, we're at home. Which.
0: And we're undefeated as, at home. Which, so as we've seen,
2: season. as we've seen, losing at home is not JSU's specialty. Yeah. They don't do it until much. the playoffs. Okay. Playoffs are a whole different animal.
1: For
2: yeah, us. Playoffs are a different level. Um, um should win this game. I'm not convinced it's gonna be, be a, a blowout, however. Just because this team can throw it and their quarterback is fairly good. Like he's not, I I wouldn't say he's as talented as Eric, but he's been more he's been as efficient. I just don't see us losing this game. No. I so, also don't. So, I'm looking at the passing efficiency. Their efficiencies are fairly similar. Um, um, their quarterback, Rosendahl, has an efficiency of um, of 136, 138 on the year to Zarek's 148. So, the efficiency is not too big of a difference. Um, they throw it. They've thrown it more than us. Well, no, they have, they've thrown it less. So, Zarek has 190 attempts. This guy has 181. It's fairly similar. But the only thing that he comes in that's better than us right now is the interceptions. He only has four interceptions in five games.
1: Yeah.
2: As a team, they have five. because As of their, opposed to Zarek, who
1: now has seven, seven.
2: Seven interceptions, but he's thrown 13 touchdowns. Yeah. And he has a higher com- completion percentage, but less yards. I
1: don't know. I guess interceptions, as a team that doesn't have a running game and we only pass the ball... It's, You're going to have more
2: interceptions, but still,
1: they yeah. I mean, well,
2: yeah, and I, I, so, I mean, we're going to look at seven interceptions. Five of them came in two games. Yeah, in in two losses. Two losses. In three wins, he has two interceptions. Yeah, and so, like you said earlier, when he, when he throws picks, we lose. When he doesn't throw picks, we win. Um, however, and this is a big however. Regardless of how many interceptions we throw, we don't we don't force turnovers very much. But we'll recover a fumble every now and then. Maybe get a pick on a, yeah. on a bad decision. This guy doesn't make a ton of decisions. He has four interceptions in five games. If you're averaging less than an interception per game, you're doing okay as a quarterback. No matter how bad the teams you're playing are. Taking care of the football is taking care of the football. At the college yeah. level, if you if you if if you serve one up, they're going to pick it off. So, I I like I like I said, I think we win. At home against a really bad team. You just don't think it's a blowout? I don't think it's a blowout. Okay. Just well, just because the numbers, regardless of who they've played, if it were neutral site, you, you take all context out, their numbers across the board are generally better than ours.
1: Yeah. But on both sides. Context.
2: On both sides of the ball. Yeah. Their, their numbers are, are are pretty similar to us. These teams actually, if you, you know how like on ESPN they'll have like team A, team B, yeah. and they'll show you the resumes and you have to like guess, oh, that team's that team, that team? This you could almost do that with us, with these two teams. While the while the scoring differences are are a little bit wider, you, they've also I mean their defense where that, that I'll give it their defense is works, but other than that, across the board numbers are pretty similar. I think it's just trending that in terms of talent, this team is better. So I don't want to make, make a prediction yet because we're not at that point. Yeah, why
1: don't, I mean why don't we use that as a way to transition into predictions? Do you have any more thoughts on this game? Um,
0: other than the band battle that's going to happen,
2: the band battle. This this is true. Tennessee
0: State has a show band, so that'll be that'll be interesting. And one of our favorite new favorite
2: stand tunes, they play it too. Oh, Nick. Okay, no, we we are not going to we're not going to venerate so anything that, that Southerners <laughs> plays. Hardcore played that first. They play it better. Okay, we are not venerating Neck as a Southerner's stand tune. I will, not, I, mean, I will not stand for it the is heresy. It's a stand tune that Southerners plays. And, and it is a stand tune that we play horribly. So I'm not going to venerate that as a Southern. I will not accept that heresy. Not yet.
1: Look at me. I'm cool. I'm Caleb. I'm in hardcore.
2: Ooh. Ooh. I mean, you're not wrong in any way. you should be able to play
1: things in a small uh, ensemble where we audition harder. It Ooh. is. No, I mean, it is, though. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> it, it is, though. Let's like, transition into predictions.
0: Where are right. we at first? So, prediction track. Eric is murdering me and Caleb. He How had, many times do I have to say it? You know, we're getting. going no, 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 to we'll go. get that there
1: at the end. I'm, I'm not going to say it.
0: We have something planned. <laughs> but Eric is in the lead. I finally passed Caleb, um, and I'm in second. and Caleb's
2: last. Now that I should. Now it, it is worth noting. And I'm also have two episodes off due to sickness. So we're going by percentage, though. Yeah, we're going by percentage, but it's also worth noting I have two weeks of predictions I haven't been able to make. I was able to make um, last week. I was able to make last week's predictions. The week the week before I wasn't. So I have a week of games missing that I couldn't pad my percentage. That was a wild game. That was. <laughs> so so angry. someone's mad. So what do we got so first up? So
0: first up is U N A at Hampton. U N A is favored by four four. Now, I'll go first. Now, seeing how UNA played against us, going off of how close they played Montana in the first half, more of a first-half team than they are a second-half team. Um, and then they dominated Western Illinois. And then completely blew out Presbyterian. But everybody blows out Presbyterian. So... um. Those donors, I mean, those I'm gonna go U N A on this one. I mean, there's not really much to say. Um, both teams are new to the Big South, um, so I, I'm I'm gonna go U N A
2: on this one.
1: I think I'm also gonna go U N A. That feels correct.
2: I'm I'm looking at Hampton's schedule. So crazy enough, they're actually second in the Big South. Um,
1: Good for them. Crazy enough. But and who's
2: first? It's UNA. Mm-hmm. But you look at the conference, it's because UNA is the only team that's played a conference game. And that's how standings work. So that's that's kind of an unfair yeah. point. But Hampton... Now, when we look at overall record, Hampton and UNA would at best be third and fourth. In fact, Hampton would be above North Alabama overall by one percentage. North Alabama has three losses. To Hampton's two. Um... Whereas Kennesaw and Campbell are both four and one and three, one respectively. But when looking at the Hampton schedule, okay, they really haven't played anyone. They played Elizabeth City State,
1: <laughs> Elizabeth City State, which is world-renowned football program. I yeah, no, community, community college. They
2: played Virginia <laughs> Union. It's either D two or D three. D two, the D two program. They played Howard, and they 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 took Howard to the woodshed, forty-one to twenty. They then proceeded to play Liberty, and okay, Liberty's a little weird because their head coach is Hugh Freeze. When your head coach coached and successfully beat Alabama twice at an SEC program, you're probably going to be a pretty good football team, regardless of who your players are. Like, Hugh Freeze is a is a, is a class coach. He knows how to put offenses on the board. I went, okay, I didn't say class a, I said class. Like, he, I didn't say classy. The, the, the guy can coach, and he can put up points. But you can beat Alabama, but can't beat Jackson State. He wasn't the head coach. Yes,
0: he was. Was he? What when, when was his first year at Ole Miss? His first year at Liberty, I think, was 16 or 15. No, he, he
2: frees. This is his first year at Liberty. This year? 2019, first year at Liberty. No. Coach Ole Miss from 2012 to 2016. I take back that statement. Yeah, because remember he had all of this, the the recruiting violations, so he didn't coach for three years because people were afraid to hire him because they're afraid the SEC would like like come down hard. Um, but anyway, um, so Liberty can put up points. So it's kind of, and they have a loss to Old Dominion. Old Dominion nearly beat Virginia. We'll give them credit. Um, I want to pick Hampton since it's at Hampton. Because they've shown signs of being able to put up points, um, I just I can't pick against U N A, against a team that that gave up sixty two to a first year head coach, regardless of who that coach is. And I know it's Hugh Freeze. And I know i have like saying his praises. I gotta pick U N A in this one. Okay. In a close game. Right. A cl- I think it'll be I think it'll be a one score game, but U N A will come out with a victory.
0: All right, we'll go next. All right, UC Davis at UND. Now, UC Davis got, it wasn't a blowout, but at the same time, they did not play well against Montana at all. Um, UC Davis also took NDSU to the wire. Yeah. Um, And then the other two, three opponents, they just... And it handled
2: them well, except for San Diego. They won by three. That San Diego. that yeah, same. Which they should have lost that game. And then yeah. and then. Well, okay. You you, I know you want. So, what do we qualify blowout? Four or five touchdowns.
1: We had this discussion. With, it was five. We was oh, five. You weren't here. Yeah, because yeah. I said that you had said five touchdowns was a blowout. I generally consider and Brandon five. was adamant that we never we never outlined this.
2: I I've no I I don't yeah. think we outlined it. I suggested I think that five yeah. is the minimum. Sure, for, for the worst for me. So. Under those, no, they did not get blown out. But it wasn't a close game either against Montana. So I think we should point that, put that out there. They haven't blown anyone out, but they haven't, they haven't been blown out yet. I don't think
0: UC Davis, after seeing them lose three games, I don't think that they're as good as everybody hyped them up to be. They're still a
2: very good football team. But yeah, but you, I, you, I just don't think that they're as good as you can't give up a forty-five said. spot at home. However, good Montana is, and there, and Montana is a really good football team. But at now, home, you can't give up a forty-five spot and then drop an absolute goose egg on
0: offense. Now, I will say this about UND: UND um, beat Sam Houston um, in for a the close second
2: game. year in a for the second year in a row in a close though, game. They um, didn't. They didn't really play Eastern Washington close. I mean, they lost by fifteen, and I know fifteen isn't a blowout. We we've just outlined that. Yeah, but that's two touchdowns with a. With a like the difference two touchdowns with a two-point conversion, so like the game wasn't like like Eastern Washington wasn't out of control. No, this is, is really the best way to put it.
0: And that game was at home. I guarantee you, if that was at und,
2: und would probably barely beat Eastern Washington. It would have, yeah, it would have definitely would have been a close game. Um I, you know, you look at the head-to-head, and North Dakota State handled North Dakota. They did not handle UC Davis in any way whatsoever. UC Davis gave a great fight, um, but then you look and just UC Davis doesn't. I mean, I mean, not UC Davis, North Dakota doesn't have a bad loss. Like, like I wouldn't consider any loss North Dakota State a bad loss, no matter what the score is. I mean, they're North Dakota State five straight national championships, one point. The I more? They don't have that bad loss. Like, I don't, I don't think 15 points at Eastern is a bad loss. Um, and their other two wins, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're wins. So you gonna pick them? Yeah, I'm. I'm going with North Dakota. In at North Dakota, UC Davis. Probably not in a good mood, and I think that's going to lead to some, to some emotional play. Yeah. But I don't think emotions will win you a game on the road. I think they win you a game at home. They're I not. Think, they don't win you a game on the road.
1: I think I'm going to go UC Davis. The
0: spread for this one is less than one point. Yeah, it's
2: pick'em. So so, and I was telling him earlier. Home teams always get three points. So Vegas thinks that on neutral site, UC Davis will by three.
1: If you want to make a comeback on me, you should disagree with. Me. Just
2: saying for tactics. Yeah, no, that's why. I, that's game. why I'm disagreeing. That's why I went ahead and picked North Dakota because I figured you'd pick UC Davis. I'm picking UC Davis. I'm either going all in. Going over all
0: going off of what. NDSU fans have said about North Dakota fans, um, about their attendance and everything. I mean, it was pretty well attended. I, I can't remember if it was at UND or if it was at North Dakota
2: State. It was at North Dakota State. This, okay. this year, it was at North yeah. Dakota State. So, I
0: don't know... I, I had a lot of these picks last week. I'm, I'm going North Dakota. All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just...
1: I get to put you guys in the hole just a little bit more. Maybe not. If North
0: Dakota pulls this one out... Uh, number one... Yeah. UC Davis. Number one, we have bragging rights over you on this game. Number two, if UC Davis loses one more game, I mean, they're going to be on the bubble, in my opinion.
2: And like I said, emotions aren't don't win you games on the road. Under any circumstances.
1: I don't know. I think you might be
2: wrong with that. I don't know, because what, what do emotions get you on the road? They get you into penalties, personal fouls, and general some sloppy play. Because on the road, you don't have home, home field advantage. Yeah,
1: I still think emotions can win you games.
2: Like, well, I no, think, I think they can win you games. I think on the road is not what they do. I think at home, if you're playing emotional when the crowd's behind you, you you, you can put, a, put someone in, like, for the
1: crowd. Oh, I think I think the crowd can help, but I still think you can win games.
2: Still, oh, I just I just think on the road your emotions get neutralized yeah. against against a crowd. And in fact, sometimes to win,
0: they. Regardless of home field advantage or not. All right. So our next game is Furman at Sanford. Now Sanford beat uh, Seted, number twenty five Citadel last week, um, in four overtimes.
1: Whoa.
0: Um, and Sanford is favored by two. I'm taking Sanford. I think the home team has been a lot better this year for Sanford, so I'm going Sanford as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's about right. I'm go I mean, when you
2: look at a, a Citadel team that, no matter how bad Georgia Tech is, Citadel did beat them, and then Sanford turned around and beat them Yeah. in a barn burner. I say barn burner because on your, on your search history, the word barn burner was like eighth on –
1: I was looking up the origin of a Barn Burner. And it's because people used to burn barns for fun. And it was exciting. That I I don't think that's actually the reason. Let me look it
0: up again. Alright, while he's doing that, <laughs> our next game is North Dakota
2: State at Illinois State. And NDSU is favored by 14. North Dakota State. North Dakota State. However, I think it'll be I think that 14 points They won't, won't cover. They won't cover. But well no, I I'm afraid of that. I don't like to use definites at any point. I don't think they'll cover.
0: This is a tra- This is always a trap game for NDSU. Um, and the last time NDSU lost to Illinois State, it was at
2: Illinois State. What was the last time they lost to Illinois State? Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. So it was the last time they played at Illinois State.
0: I'm going Redbirds. Shout out to Adam Willie.
1: I was busy looking up the, the origin of barn burner. <laughs> Didn't I already pick them? Yeah, you picked the yeah. coast state. Um, it's an allusion to an old story of a, a Dutchman who relieved himself of rats by burning his barns. Uh, which they infested.
2: How do we how do Don't we know? how do we how do we get get from that to a really, really exciting sport? Uh, he
1: was probably watching it burn and all the rats die and he was like, This is really fun. We should we should start. But, but that but that's
2: that's so sadistic. That's no, not no, that's no. not even This just, old Dutch that's, old Dutch that's just game. evil at that point. That's All not right.
0: Alright. Alright, we got next? Next game is UCA at Nichols, and Nichols is favored by two and a half.
2: Again, the home team gets three point on on the spread every game. Yeah. Vegas does that automatically to account for home fields. They're saying that on neutral site this is a pick up game. UCA. I'm going Central Arkansas I'm well. Going.
0: I'm going. Just disagree for fun.
1: <laughs> Picking the upset, going Central Arkansas. The upset. Let's
0: go. But is it really an upset?
2: Okay, I'm going with the mathematical upset.
0: <laughs> the mathematical one point. Alright, next game is Elon at New
2: Hampshire, and this is a pick em. New Hampshire, Chip Kelly's old stopping grounds, the birthplace of the spread offense, is New Hampshire. That's where the modern spread offense started.
0: I'm actually going to disagree with you. If you lose to Rhode Island,
2: no, I'm not or saying I'm not, Holy Cross I'm not picking a them. game. I'm not picking them. I'm just giving some backstory that the Chip Kelly st- like created the spread off. But offense. still, my statement stands. If you lose
0: to Holy Cross. And Rhode Island. Riff. Sorry, I'm I'm going Elon in this one.
2: Oh no no, no. I was one hundred percent picking Elon. Yeah, I'm picking I, Elon I as I, well. I just wanted to say that, that Chip Kelly <laughs> Chip <laughs> created, Kelly? The created created the blur <laughs> offense that he ran at Oregon. Not at UCLA. He he hasn't figured out he's yet to figure out that if you go no huddle hurry up, you score more points. He he figured it out late against Washington State. But um yeah. Fun fact, his first big-time coaching job that led to to his offense being publicized was New Hampshire, where he's from. He's from New Hampshire. So he's like, that's kind of a home home for him. All right, next game,
0: Youngstown State at UNI. UNI is favored by a touchdown.
2: Take it. Youngstown in an upset. I'm picking against my emotions today.
1: All right, well, I'm going to pick with your emotions (laughs) and go (laughs) UNI. Okay.
0: Okay. Because uh, this,
2: this, uh, it's college football. Why not? Uh, I don't
0: know about this one. Um, both teams are really, really
2: good. Youngstown plays really tough on the road. I say, like, like I think you should tell you something. Why I'm so, I so boldly picked Youngstown. When I've said multiple times on this that the teams I won't pick under any circumstances are Youngstown, Kennesaw, and Maine. And I picked Youngstown without even like I didn't even stutter. So what's so special about this circumstance, huh? What's so special about the circumstance?
0: You and I is just a tough
2: place to play. I'm we're going, going with the Panthers. Ones. We're going with pink ones today, boys. The Gwyns we're going, we're going with club pink ones. I'm I was going about to say the club Panthers. Panthers. All right. What we got
0: next? Stretch of OVC games. UT Martin at Eastern
2: Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky is favored by nine. I'm going Eastern Kentucky. Purely, not only that, I do I think they're more talented, it's at it's at home. And that's a tough place to play. And yeah. Eastern well, okay, and I think it's we're also saying this from the standpoint of JSU is not in the Ohio Valley. They're not located in it. So every away game is a tough place for us to play. And that might contribute to why we yeah. can't win home games, is that we're not in a conference that geographically is correct. Yeah. But anyway, I'm picking Eastern Kentucky. I also to cover. I don't go an EKU. Yeah. I'm picking them to cover and win. Well, if they cover off it, but like they will win and they will cover. Yeah.
0: This one is interesting. The spread is very interesting. Tennessee Tech at SEMO and Tennessee Tech is favored by nine.
2: I'm not buying really? it. No. I'm not SEMO's taking it. SEMO's taking, taking it. Give me SEMO. There's a reason that SEMO has such a good home home field advantage. It's because they're in the middle of nowhere and they're like six hours away from every one they play. <laughs> So no one feels at home in that place. The only loss that Tennessee Tech has
0: is to an FBS team. That's in the Ohio Valley. I forgot about now, that. I'm still picking Simo. I'm going,
2: going Golden Eagles. One of us One of us is picking up a lot of points, because he and I have disagreed on pretty much yeah. every game this week. One of us is, is picking up some points this week.
1: I'm going to stand by my original pick. I almost changed it, but I'm going to stand by.
0: Okay. Last game. Obviously, our game. Yeah. T- Tennessee State at JSU. JSU is favored by
2: 18. We all know who we're well, picking.
1: let our prediction. One, two, three. J-S-S-U. JSU.
2: Doves, didn't insane thing. <laughs> I was going to be the dissenting opinion just to make you guys laugh. <laughs> I was like, are you actually? No. Um, Any score predictions? Oh, gosh. I am going... I'm going Cox by. I'm going Cox by ten. By ten, I think it's ten or less. I think I'm, Cox
1: by three touchdowns. I,
2: uh, I think they're. I, think, I just think. I, I think have do math. Hold on. I think they're defeated. I really think they are, mentally defeated. I think you've looked at the Dude. stats
1: enough, and you've worked yourself into a mathematical decision. I and I think the Cox are going to win by twenty-one points.
2: We should start giving out like bonus points for getting points to, J- just to, to the score prediction. I'm
0: going JSU 55, Tennessee State 14. We're
2: 55 not. 14. Let's yeah, go. That qualifies as a blowout. That is a blowout. That mathematically no, it, it doesn't. 14 what? 14 plus 35 is 51. No, Five touchdowns. It does 49. 55 to 14 is more than 35. Hold on. Watching the gears turn, here it's, it's, right in its head. It's forty-one. I still stand by it. It's forty-one be a points. It's set, that's six touchdowns.
0: I um,
1: still stand by it. Man, I don't think score score prediction now.
0: Tennessee
2: State is really, 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 really bad. I'm going 27-17 with a defeated team taking a dub, but I think this team is just mentally just
1: broken. I think they're ready to come out and absolutely thrash somebody. I think they're frustrated, and we're just going to come out. Uh, but uh, I want to see it happen,
2: and I'll be happy because since I went ahead and picked them, I, like, like I think they'll win anyway. So I can just say that I think they're broken.
1: 45-24. That's a twenty-one point difference. Yes.
2: That is. You imply that we're going to kick at least one field goal with that score. Yes, I did. That's a bold prediction, my friend. We're kicking a field goal, boys. Going two for two we're this year. We're doing it. We're doing He's it. He's one for one on the year. That's my prediction. All right. We need to we need to get a good camera so that I can bring like a, I can bring like a head like me, horse over just have like sitting here so for the <laughs> JSU game where I can always be like cockhead, right? Or for cock-head. whatever whatever we consider the biggest <laughs> that came out cockhead. That game is definitely
0: not the biggest game of the week in mm-hmm. our predictions.
2: No, no, we need to start doing it game based style so that the, what we consider the biggest game of the week is last. All right. So that I can. We'll, we'll do that next week.
1: I don't know. I like having the J. It's a JSU sport. It's not an FCS. I, I would know. rather, us, JSU sport JSU. Sport I'd rather us
2: pick JSU when we're doing the preview. I rather really pick the it's JSU. Up to you
0: guys. All right. This is I think your favorite segment. Yeah. This is, I, I love believe this it or not, but there are a few questions as well. Yeah. This is my
2: favorite segment. All right. Because I, I can I can give my my unpopular opinions in this one.
0: And let's make this quick answers as well. Okay. Um. Is This is kind of a a double question. Is the OVC going to be a close race this year? Yes. This is not a believe it or not. I said with questions thrown in. Just say, like, the OVC is going to be a close race
1: this year, and then we'll believe it or not. And I believe it. And I believe that it will be. I do believe. I do believe. Mainly because... I do. At this point, I do do too. There's,
0: There's five teams right now that are, like, in the running. Yeah. JSU... Tennessee Tech, Semo, Eastern Kentucky, and believe it or not, um, UT Martin.
2: Well, even if it weren't, even if it were just two teams, I mean, we have to hope that Austin P. loses two games just yeah. to have any We, shot did, winning we didn't the say that
1: to win the conference. We Austin P. lose twice,
2: and I wouldn't bet the I wouldn't bet house money on that. And we just answered the
0: second question. So Who from the OVC, do we need to keep an eye on? It's those five teams. Yes. Yeah, But All yeah, right. no, it'll be close. Next question: Did did the Austin P loss expose JSU more than the C-Law loss?
2: No, no I they, think they exposed I, I the same thing. I think yeah, it just reaffirmed I like, I, it reaffirmed that we can't run the football. We don't travel. I mean, it was the same as you on both games. And when Jay, it, all three things were true, Coop threw picks, we couldn't run the football. It was an away game. Those three things, in combined, in combination with each other typically lead to a blowout. Yeah. Or I, not not a mathematical oh, blowout. Oh, 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 oh. And not a mathematical blowout, they lead to a game that at one point was a blowout. And I completely agree with
0: both of y'all on that one. Alright, this is a question from Adam Willie.
2: JSU <laughs> the table. <laughs> I didn't even try
0: to do it that time. <laughs> Alright, Adam's question is JC seems to be a second half team when it comes to tougher opponents.
2: Will this be a continued trend, or will we see a turnaround? As opposed to just not showing up at all against lesser opponents? Oof. Oof. Because with exception to UTC and UNA, we haven't showed up. Like, we didn't show up to, to Southeast Louisiana. We did not show up to Austin B. It took benching Coop for a, for a drive for us to get some offense going. Because once he came back in, they scored on the next four drives. I, I... I wouldn't say 2nd half team. I just think slow start in general, regardless of who we're playing. Did y'all watch
0: the uh, press conference that I tagged you in on Facebook? I mean, it was just the regular JSU press conference. There was something that Gross said, because a similar question came up. He said He said that we do not have the hunger. We have the drive to win, but we don't have the hunger to win yet. We will be changing our practice. How, how are those
1: things different?
2: Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see the difference in the language there. I, I see that is, um, as I see that as semantics. That that that's, that's a what he said. That's a, that's such a semantics issue. We got
1: the uh, was it, we have the hunger. Is that what it we have it the drive, but we don't have the hunger. Drive, but we don't have the hunger. So they have they have the
2: work ethic. They don't want to win. I think that's the way he's wording it. They have the, they have work ethic, but they don't want to win. Because if they don't have have the hunger to win, then they don't need to be playing football. The next
0: part of what he said really struck home with me. Um, He said, we have changed our practice tactics. We were not as physical in practice, so we are not as prepared for these tougher opponents. We will be changing our practice tactics to be more tough
2: more physical this week. I guess we'll have to see. Like, you'll see if the offensive line, because I think that's the root of most of the issues. Yep. Yeah. I think... Taking yeah. away, away, you know, the road games. Throw picks, because you don't have you can't run your full playbook, because you're having to throw screen passes and deep balls. Yep. Because you can't run it or beat it stuff, and you can't run the football. And you shot uh-huh.
1: through deep balls, you get antsy, because you think you're about to get sacked, you throw picks.
2: Yeah. I,
0: we'll see. I personally think that we will see a turnaround um, if they make that correction in
2: practice, I kind of agree. I think we'll see a turnaround. I don't think it'll be immediate. Just, yo, we can all of a sudden run it for three hundred. No, and I'm really glad that
0: we don't play any tougher opponents until like middle of
2: October. Yeah, it, it gives us a month to just kind of bring it along. So yeah. I, I I agree with that. I'm not buying the drive and hunger stuff. If for no other reason than John Gross <laughs> needs a, a a wider vocabulary so he can use two words that don't mean the same thing. Exactly. Um, the sorry, team. not sorry, but I used to be an English minor. I can't let that slide. The T. No, I used just, to be an
0: English minor.
2: That's just oh, the T. Man. Um, this
0: this next question comes from Kyler Neal. Is JSU confident they could win one playoff game that, with this team? <laughs> right now,
1: right now,
2: no, I'm not confident that they could make the playoffs. With I this don't.
1: Team. Uh, right now, I don't think the players on the roster are confident. That they can oh no, I don't. I team. say
2: I don't think that anyone on that team, except no, I don't think anyone on that team thinks like maybe Marlon, just because he's been here yeah. and done that before, so he has well, want to play which game.
1: Which Is probably why it's good that we don't play anybody real.
2: that yeah, because Marlon is a redshirt senior, right? Which means that he was here in the fifteen for the run for of the, the changes so yeah. he knows what winning is like. Even yeah. though he wasn't playing that yeah. year, he now, knows what it was like. The rest of these guys have, don't know what success in the postseason feels like. I will play devil's advocate right here.
0: Yes, as of right now, I don't think they're they're confident. The fans are confident in in the team. I think they know that. But I think we still make the playoffs as an at-large team, and whoever we play in that first round, I mean, if we because we will host, I don't think that we'll lose that first game. I think we still get a a win in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: I just think that right now, at this very
1: second, on October 1st, the team does not have faith in themselves to win.
2: And I think I think it, I think to it stretches to not only do they not have faith, I think they know that the fans don't have faith. And that, that, that can weigh on you quickly. Which is why
1: they're going to come out and they're going to try to beat down as many people as they can.
2: I know. I mean, I hope. I hope you're right. I hope, but I also hope that was what it was after the CELA game. Yeah. And we've seen them. Show letdowns, even in wins, letdowns. So,
0: the last question we have, with the addition of Tarleton State to the FCS, what do you see happening to conference realignment in the
2: FCS? Okay, I just want to put it out there because this is obviously this this specific one is a question and not a believe it or not. Um, what has happened to the believe it or not segment? Yeah, my beloved. None segment. of these were
1: believe it or not. None of them. That's like when a teacher writes like. True, false, and then asks a question. You know what I'm talking about?
2: Um, true or false? It has to be a
1: statement. True
2: or false? Four, four plus x equals what?
1: I'm sorry. I beg your
2: pardon. <laughs> you, you get you get the you get the the word Hashtag
1: so, not my
2: believe it or not. <laughs> so I charge you to to make to do to do better next week. I charge <laughs> you to do better next. There week. wasn't a whole lot of. Do better. Stuff. It's just Today. phrasing. It's just phrasing. Yeah, it's it's all, literally It's phrasing. all about knowing how to write out a question. <laughs> I can work with you on that.
1: As he said, he wasn't English. I was mind. an
2: English writer. Um, Reading between uh, the lines. Yeah, you have two gaps right there. you to have two. Yeah, I don't know what air means. Um, um, a rude gesture
1: from Mr. Brandon Owens.
2: Anyway, to answer the not believe it or not, um, if Tarleton State. Is what sets the chain Tontists, off dude. for FCS conference realignment? What's now I on? didn't
0: say what conference they joined in other sports. They're no, no, I no, know. But if they're, they're act- acting as an independent
2: for FCS and they're joining the WAC, I know. But if if they're if them joining the FCS is what sets off the chain reaction of FCS conference realignment, that tells you that the FCS is just not doesn't mm-hmm. have any sti- that really doesn't have much stability. That 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 would be what what would make it true. Because we already know the FCS is, is the FBS's little brother. Everyone knows that and accepts that as truth, because it is. They also assume that we can't get our act together and we have too many upsets because our players aren't as mentally prepared as teams in the SEC, Pac-12, and other FBS conferences. So if that sets off the chain reaction of conference realignment, by like them joining and us having to shift some teams around, that's just... That's looking at the FCS. So you don't think this affects anything? I, I hope it doesn't. I hope them joining instead of just joining a team that doesn't already have 16 members, which is no conference in the FCS at this point. You join a team that doesn't that has less than 16, it does not affect anything. You still don't have conference championship games in the FCS because you have playoffs that start during conference championship week. Well, start before conference championship week. So I, I hope, hope to God that this doesn't do
0: that now regard i mean there are some people that are like no conference realignment won't happen in 2023 yes it will it'll start in the fbs and trickle its way down well into the fcs that's why the that's why these d2 teams are wanting to make the jump to division one and play in the fcs because once that happens either a new conference will be formed Uh, with the WAC, which will probably take some big Sky teams with it. New Mexico State will drop down and join the WAC because they're already a, a member of the WAC. You'll add Dixie State, who is another SCS independent, which will join the SCS next season. And you'll have other teams that are members of the WAC that will probably start adding football now that the WAC will most likely end up sponsoring FCS football.
2: Now, something that you pointed out is 2023. For those of you who live under a rock, 2023 holds a special date in the College Football World now. Because that's the, that is the beginning date of the California Fair Pay-to-Play Act. Oh, yeah. The act goes into, goes into effect in 2023.
0: There's also another reason. TV contracts run out in 2023, and they have to run in. Some,
2: some TV contracts. So SEC Network does not. SEC Network... If I'm correct, it's 2035. It's ACC, Big Twelve,
0: Pac-12, American, so Mountain West. I mean, it pretty much
2: everybody except okay. Big Ten and SCC. Well, so the point that I was going to make about 2023, and I don't want us to run up, you know, over too much time. Like I don't want to do that, but I have to make this point. So in 2023. By that point, more than just California, and now South Carolina, who has introduced their own fair pay-to-play legislation, more th- more than those two states will have that legislation. Yeah. It's going to become a national issue, and the NCAA is going to get taken to Supreme Court. Because what's going to happen is they're going to—and this is going to take a while. I need to explain this. So they're going to go—they're going to tell California schools, hey, you can't compete in NCAA athletics.
0: Yes, and then they're going to
2: be like, "Hey, bye.
0: California is going to say, okay, well, bye. Well,
2: well Cal, what's going to happen is California, the state of California, will will take the NCAA to the Supreme Court. They will take the, the case to the Supreme Court saying, hey, the NCAA is unconstitutionally violating what you have ruled constitutional. And they're not just doing it for us. They're also doing it for these other states to have the same legislation. How would the
1: NCAA
0: be acting in an unconstitutional
2: way because these, it's
0: actually stated in their bylaws that no outside this is paraphrasing no outside companies can sponsor a an individual and an, an individual yeah. participating in athletic sports like like in, on no, in no
2: way they can receive more than more bit more more like financial benefits than a regular student
1: can yeah but what does that have to do with the constitution
2: so the supreme court has ruled that it is constitutional for 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 student athletes to make money off of their name and, image and likeness, and California has just put into effect a bill to that same effect that now says our players can make money off of endorsements.
0: What I just don't understand what the Constitution of the United States has to. do. In order for California to pass that law, Supreme Court had to give
2: had to say it was had constitutional. Had to say it was
0: constitutional.
2: And so they and so the Supreme Court ruled it was constitutional for players to make money. California passed the legislation. If NCAA is in violation of that, yeah. the Supreme Court can tell the NCAA what you're doing is unconstitutional. You need to stop doing it. What is going to happen is the NCAA is either going to have to change their bylaws so that players can make money off of name, name image likeness and make endorsement money or the NCAA is going to not exist because the five power conferences have the money to tell the NCAA to shut it. They can make their own playoff and the group of five will become, and I've talked to, I may have said this in a previous podcast, the group of five is going to become the current FCS. The FCS will become D2. D2 will become D3. D3 will become D4. And the group of five will have its own national championship. And the reason we're saying 2023 when conference realignment is going to happen is because the five power conferences, I really want to say five power conferences, but the, the Pac-12 is going to stop existing. Um, I mean, it's, it's by far the weakest conference in, in, in power five. And the other four power conferences will become super conferences with 16 to 20 members. And those holes that the group of five now has will be filled by FCS teams. And those FCS slots will be filled by D2, D2 by D3, and so on. Might I add, they'll become
0: super conferences with the addition of Notre Dame. No, I don't think Notre Dame will will ever join a conference. And the reason being... Like, they'll join the P5, they'll be a P5 independent.
2: Well, yeah, because the, because Notre Dame, they can get that money. They have that money. They don't have any reason to. So for those of you who, who weren't aware, 2023 is very significant because if conference realignment happens, it's because of that. It's because the NCAA no longer exists. And so, so all of this thing, and, it, and obviously... Which some FCS schools will jump it up to the group
0: of five, a.k.a. the new FBS, and nothing will change. And by, the a Group of five will make its own playoffs. Prediction.
2: Prediction. In 2023. And this will have some of you gamers excited. Two thousand twenty three, hot take of the year. Two thousand twenty three, college football will return to major to EA sports. Oh yeah, most definitely. By twenty twenty three, EA, EA Sports will have put out a college football video game. Because right now they've already tr- they already have it tested out. In like Madden 20, they have on the college football playoff. With 10 teams you can choose from. They got individual licenses from those 10 teams. They don't have conference logos on their jerseys at all. But they have college football playoff, the college football playoff with the trophy and everything. Okay. Um, Somebody upstairs or somewhere just did something. Something. But yeah, so so there's my theory. I just wanted to let of so many people who maybe didn't know why we say 2023... That's a very significant date because of all these legislations that are coming into play for fair pay to play. Because of the Supreme Court ruling that it's constitutional, the NCAA may or may not, might not exist in four or five years. Just and because they're in violation of the Supreme Court. And totally. because of all of this
0: happening, you'll see a bunch of FCS teams announcing, going to ann- announcing that they will make the jump to FBS.
2: JSU will be one of them. Yeah, the group of the group of five is going to have like twenty teams move to different conferences to fill slots, and those holes will be filled by inevitably the and the you, twenty most successful programs of the last ten years. And you may actually see some
0: FCS conferences make the jump, and all those teams will jump to the FBS with that conference. A conference like the like the like
2: the Colonial, that Colonial is, Missouri
0: Valley, or even the Big Sky.
2: Just, so yeah, so. We don't don't, want to drag it out too long, but I had to give you the background of why we kept saying 2023 as the date that this will start, because that's when, that's when these stuff goes into play and all these teams are going to start buying in and new TV deals will get rewritten for some conferences. For like SEC, SEC will not need a new contract. There's last for the next like 15 years anyway. Um,
0: the Pac-12. But they and, do have a contract that ends in 2023, but they signed another contract that extends
2: it. To correct. Like their extension's at 2035. And I don't know what the buyout is. SEC's not going to want to buy out until two or three years in advance they can go ahead and get the negotiate. But yeah, so there you go. Um, there's the history. I don't think there's anything else other than saying that Eric is not, in fact, a big-brained individual.
0: Yep, that's our next point. Eric does not have the biggest brain in the world. I believe it.
2: No. Eric, Eric is not big-brained.
1: Okay, if I'm not big-brained, and I'm thrashing both of you in the predictions. What does it say about you guys?
0: Oh no, I accept that I'm. Small but brain. you said last week you don't know a whole lot about the FCS.
1: Just because I have the biggest brain in the world doesn't mean I choose to accept all the knowledge in the
2: world. Hey, hey! When I, when I was in kindergarten, I guessed I guessed the number of jelly beans in a jar and got to ride with Santa in the Christmas parade. The next okay. year, the next year, I came in last at the elementary school.
1: I won two jelly bean contests last year. Last semester. One I won Hawks tickets and one I won twenty five flex dollars that I never saw.
2: Yeah, you 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 went to a Hawks game, Hawks. Last Atlanta year, Hawks. one of the worst teams in the NBA. They beat the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were, a fair mark. The Grizzlies are one of the worst teams in the NBA last Look, year. We're we're
1: like an hour and a half in.
2: <laughs> you should <laughs> wrap it what, What's what's what, what's the news? We're always an hour and a half. In. Yeah. Well, me and Brandon were keeping things going. Okay, but, yeah, but there were, was less people were there was less people
1: talking. And now you're out here rambling about twenty twenty three. But that was that was, that was that was needed. That was needed. Did
2: you know about 2023 and why it was so difficult? Okay, there we go. So you've learned something. Today.
1: I'm just saying okay. if I didn't know, I could have summarized it in about 30 seconds. All right. Uh, let's wrap things up. No, you couldn't have. Because I had to
2: explain to you why the NCAA and the Supreme Court or shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence. Well, I, I still don't
1: understand why... Um, this has anything to do with the Constitution? The Constitution is not talk about college football. No, this is correct. It taught What is?
2: What's the issue? So, constitutionally, it it It's. A, I think it has to do with fair market. So they're basically saying that um, fair market and I think First Amendment. Life, li- well, or, no. The pre, I think it's preamble. They they say it's a violation of the preamble. Of the pursuit of happiness, life, well, no, life, liberty, pursuit of and pursuit of um, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, um, property rights, like Constitution mentions all of them, constitutional law mentions all of them, and they're saying that that life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and property are being violated. It's weird, but under a under a balanced court, it was like I think the court was like seven to two.
1: I'm gonna need to look into that.
2: You'll, you'll need, um, we'll need to look in I don't know. I can't. I'm not sure. We exactly. need to have a special episode about. It's talking about the fair pay to play. Like, right? we need to get into that. When, when is our bye
0: week? Our bye week is in November.
2: Okay, so it's like, like November. About, so, it's like uh, November. We, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll when, have a fun episode. When we get to the bye week, we'll get to an episode where we talk about. We don't talk about JC football. We'll talk about what the fair pay to play stuff has to do with. And all talk of about possible predictions on who goes where. All right. You we and I are going to have to have a constitutional law conversation. Yeah, because yeah. I, I love costumes. That has law. to be like a state law versus federal law ruling
1: that. Has well, no, well, no to so, do so, here, with so here it is. Look, we'll talk about it later. We're an hour and a half in. We need to wrap up. Any, any final thoughts?
2: Eric has a small <laughs> brain.
1: <laughs> Eric has a big brain. Uh, Cox are going to win by 90, and then every week after that, and then they're going to win the championship 90 times in a row. Uh, start of the dynasty. Uh, start of the dynasty, end of the dynasty in 90 years.
2: That's a lot of math. Cogspot ID. Eric has a small brain. Big brain. Small brain. I'm still winning. Small brains. Brain
1: Brandon,
2: anything anything. Uh,
0: follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cocky Nation under or
2: Cocky underscore Nation. Join the Facebook group Cocky Nation. Join Cockyputz. Join the Cockyputz group. Yeah, please join Cockyputz. We need more. We were supposed to get more this We're gonna add. Them. We'll get. Them. All right. All right. Deuces. Over now.